Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we join our investigators, those that are available to us this week, in the aftermath of the fight with Comte Fenelique. And so we are in the missing Mr. Fraser formation, so he would normally lead us off. We will just, before introductions, say to all of you, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for these episodes. We have treasured your presence here and in the feedback. If you'd like to support the show in these endeavors, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. You can also check out what we have to do on YouTube. There's live videos, some of which include these cast members where you can see them play live in multiple different games. And now I will turn to my introductions to my right. Hi, this is Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy and the fire is actually my fault this time. 100%. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and currently I'm held together with spit and bailing wire. Yeah, and we're getting a little low on spit. To Giles is right. Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and I'm always willing to lend a helping hand. It's fantastic. And last, but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. It's a miracle that Richard's still alive, and Richard could do with more than just a hand, I think. Hmm. We'll see what we can do, Professor. So when last we left our investigators, they had come face to face with an enemy, an old one, one which they fought and after much tribulation were able to kill. So we're not going to pick up in that moment thereafter. The heartbeats will have faded from those moments when we pick up now. The train which has sustained heavy damage amongst the fighting, pulls into Iridine Station in an unexpected and unscheduled stop. While at that stop, the train is seized by Turkish troops. Our investigators are, even though many of them are grievously wounded, many of our investigators are carefully extracted from their place on the train along with other guests and they are taken promptly and directly into custody along with about two score of other guests while the Turkish authorities so close to the Bosphorus now begin an investigation a full and complete investigation into what horror arrived on the Orient Express to leave it in such a state Five days pass. While in confinement, our investigators are given very little in the way of creature comforts. They are separated into separate cells in the same block in a Turkish jail. They are allowed very, very few 
medical comforts as well. Even their trained near physician, Paul, is not allowed to treat them. It is with this that we open our story. But fear not, listener. We have something to perhaps act as a salve for their wounds. And so we're going to begin back at our introduction spot. And we're going to have Brina, plays Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, roll luck for us. If I pass this with five luck, I'm going to be so mad. I do not. 45 over five. I was hoping you would. I know you were. Okay, so that is, for you, 13 points of luck. Chalice, if you would. That is a 75. All right. Oh, that's very good for you, sir. 18 points of luck. Yay. Well, at least we know who will be the body shield this time. Miranda, who plays Miss Maggie Bellinger. Yeah, starting with 23. And I rolled a 24. Well, at least you failed. (laughs) Yeah. So that is 11 points of luck for you. And finally, Professor. So Richard has eight luck. I rolled a 65. See what he can get you. Well, that's not half bad. That's... 19 points of luck. Nice. So this time in the jail gives each one of them an opportunity to reflect. We're going to go ahead and make sure that all of them hit point wise are where they need to be. So five days with good rest, which you would have for the most part, is going to net you two hit points per day as pulp characters. And so you'll add 10 hit points to your character. So each of your investigators should be in a little bit better health now. You would be on full magic points after likely a day, just so that you're all aware. Of course, Professor, you are relieved of any and all possessions, including the device. This also would be true for you, ladies, Elizabeth, as you are removed of all books and all possessions as well. You each have basically the clothes on your back. And it gives us an amazing perspective point for you to think back to all the things that you've learned and that you've done over the past few weeks, at least as you sit in a Turkish jail. And to that end, we're going to offer you an investigator improvement portion. And so I'll return to the top of introductions with Lady Elizabeth and I'll have Rena roll what skills they've learned and we'll see where they go. So first is my fighting brawl, uh, which I think was... The first time I got shot, but I managed to get in a hit first. Okay, 62 over 35. All right. Four points to your brawl. Okay. All right. The next one is library use. Yeah, I rolled a 21 under 88, so nothing there. My listen at 64. And I rolled an 11. Spot hidden at 63. And I rolled a 73. Oh, wonderful. That is six more points. Yay. Okay. And the last one is Latin. So I've got 50 in Latin. And I failed that one too. 61 over 50. All right. It looks like it's eight more points of Latin for you. Sweet. And that's it for me. Wonderful. Now we'll turn to Mr. Griffith, as played by Giles, if you would give us a listing of your skills will go from top to bottom. Well, the first one's dodge. Let's see, that's currently at 53. And that is a 66. All right. 
So that's eight more points of dodge. The next one is fighting Brawl for sliding a toothpick through somebody's ribs. And I pass that one at a five. Okay, handgun. 41 over 20. Hmm. You have been getting some work with the handgun there. Oh, it's eight more points of handgun. Okay. Rifle shotgun at 50. And that's a 44. Okay. Listen at 52. And that's a 39. Occult at 20. That's a 50. Okay. There's an occult raise of seven. Persuade of 30. 70. So that would be a fail. Mm-hmm. Yep. Six more points of persuade. Psychology of 28. And that's an 80. So it doesn't matter what the other dice roll was. So that's five more points to that. Hot hidden. Currently at 61. That's a 39. And stealth of 71. 37. Okay. And that completes Simon. Very good. We will turn to Miss Bellinger. Ah, uh, yes, Miss Bellinger. So obviously, I'm starting with my drive auto roll, which I currently have a 44 in, which seems lower than what my natural skills in drive auto have been. And I've rolled a 69. Nice. All right. That is 10 more points of drive auto. And fighting brawl is currently 40. Uh, and I rolled a 52. Mm-hmm. Seven more points to that. Add a little more to Maggie's right hook. Next up is a listen, which I'm currently at a 77, so I'm not too hopeful. And I rolled a five. Spot hidden is currently at a 62. And I rolled a 90. Ooh. All right. So that is nine more points to spot hidden. All right. And last but not least, stealth at 50 currently. And I rolled a 29. Fair enough. And last, but most certainly not least, Professor. So Richard has largely been playing with his device rather than doing anything more useful with his skills. So he doesn't have that many to make. So his spot hidden is 77 and I rolled a 0 4. And we've got library use. Uh, that's at 75. 44. That would have been a Delta Green critical, of course. <laughs> Fighting Brawl 34. 69. Nice. So why don't we add a full 10 points to that? Yeah. Fist fighter, Richard. And that's the lot. Alrighty. Well, that will bring us to the raise of our curtain. Five days. The transition to a Turkish jail is not a pleasant one. Especially not when some of you are doubled over or can barely walk. Most of you who were on single digit and or nearly less hit points are dragged. Some are you, much like Professor, you probably would have been medically carted to the jail. You are subsequently, over the next several days, seen to by what feels and sounds like a military doctor. And they are surprisingly reasonable. They don't hold back with any sort of ailments. They have proper techniques. They afford you all of the things that you could possibly want and or need, minus any serious painkillers. So the healing you all do over time is done through the slow work of your body healing itself. 
which is not necessarily the easiest thing to deal with. To that end, though, I will say that over the five days, Lady Elizabeth, you're going to heal two more hit points than you normally would, as some of your inner workings seem to be working very hard at putting themselves back together. That puts me at full. Good. Someone's got to take the next bullet. In those five days, all of you have the ability to do a few things. You get to experience what it's like to be in jail, like a real one, not just one you read about in a book or hear on a radio program. It's very, very boring. From what you can tell, no one here speaks English to you. They might speak English to other people here, but they don't speak English to you. And I think that is probably one of the more frustrating things is that every time you ask for something or you reach out for help or you try to explain to the guards some part of your terrible misfortune, they only reply in their native tongue. Cells, though, luckily for the five of you, are lined up in the same block. While not right next to one another, you are also surrounded and uh, in intermingled with other members of the people who are traveling on the Orient Express. The word that you get or that you hear first is that the train, after five days, the Orient Express, has still not left the rail yards. They've uncoupled cars. There has been a massive investigation and they are working diligently to go through and process every person. But I'll give each one of you a spot hidden role as we open this portion of the session to glean some additional information. 29 under 69, hard success. 32 under 61, regular success. 77 over 71, trucks. And Richard got a 25 under 77. So that's a hard success. So for people with a hard success, you notice a couple things. The military and the, the police force that are here that are they're sort of working back and forth on the jail in this horrible, catastrophic event that has befallen the train, they're, they are working through their list of cases, the people, the interviews. They seem to be doing one every, maybe two every day. Getting the information from the people they have taken prisoner is not very high on the list, it seems. There have been more than a few calls for diplomatic ambassadors from all sorts of different places. Many of the people that have been taken into this jail are, much like some of you, very affluent and politically powerful people, at least to some extent. If not powerful, at least well-known. Many of those calls have gone unanswered for several days. And so what I'd like to know, just as we sort of go down the line again, I'd like to know from each one of you, as you heal, how are you spending your time? What are you trying to use as coping mechanisms or how are you putting your own perspective on things, trying to keep your head, keep your wits about you? So I'm going back over anything I can remember from what I've read of how to destroy the simulacrum pieces, any pieces I can think of for what I was learning from the tome, essentially. Just reminding myself of what I've read, what I know, what I still need to figure out, just 
kind of obsessively. Yeah, I, I think you come back to some very key points, right? One, there is a mysterious mosque here up ahead in Constantinople. What you remember reading, that the focus points are getting the simulacrum there, having your book, completing whatever this ritual requires for you to destroy the simulacrum, and then being done with it. The challenging points in your mind after organizing things are, you know for a fact that there is a group out there that is set against you. That there is this cult, like this cult of the skinless one, and they're desperate to get their hands on whatever this simulacrum can do for them. And unfortunately, now with your possessions having been seized, it will be very difficult to know if that simulacrum is still being protected. But those are your key points, right? Get out of jail. Get the pieces. Again. Get to Constantinople. Finish this ritual that's inside your book. And go home. That's about the long and the short of it. So, Simon, has five days run out in your head? Well, Simon has two key things on his agenda. First of all, since this seems to be at least an age cell, if not ancient, from what you described from the conditions, he is going to search around to see if there's any secret deposits, like writings underneath the beds, or any loose bricks, loose bars, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, um, beyond healing, you probably have at least a, a few days to get your wits about you and, and start thinking about how do you get out of this box. You do benefit from the fact that this jail is in a physical location that's near the Bosphorus, so you're going to get a lot of humidity. And many of these older buildings do not do well long term under humidity. And you might, some of them might experience a form of rot. I will allow you a, an intelligence roll, a hard intelligence roll. And what's your geology? Geology is currently at 63 and intelligence is at 80. Okay, so you're a professional geologist, technically speaking. You could be a professional because your skill is over 50, so you could make a living at it, which means you could, as I like to say, bet your living on this skill. So I'm going to give you a, a hard intelligence roll because you have geology above 50. I'm going to give you a die advantage to that roll because you're going to be leaning on a lot of what you know about rocks. And in this case, it sounds like mortar too and stuff like that. Certainly. And there are bars, of course. Uh, that is a 50 under 80. So it's not a hard. Okay. So you could push this roll. Yes. You just have to tell me how you're pushing it. I am going to poke, prod, and take longer in my examination, since I also have limited things I'm planning on doing in, during these five days. Why? This, this cell is perfectly impenetrable 100. I have no way of escaping or finding anything wrong with this. Did you fumble a push roll? Yes. <laughs> 100. It, I can't escape. I, I, I give up all hope. No, no, no. Nothing that simple. You poke and you prod, as you say. You work very hard to find a way out of this cell. You are limited in your time to do it. You're limited with the amount of light you have. You're limited in many, many ways. There is a window in your cell. You assume, much like everyone else's, it is no more than you know six or so inches high. It has bars on it, and it leads, it looks like, to the outside. 
Your poking and prodding, though, doesn't go as planned. And on the third day of your recovery, having been through an awful experience, your poking and prodding is found out and five guards stream into your cell and beat you into unconsciousness. So you will at now, day four, recover two, and at day five, recover two more, which means you will be at four rather than whatever you were. You all, the rest of the investigators, have the luxury of hearing Simon being beat to unconsciousness. It's probably really only you, Professor, that even gets a glance out of your cell, the gap in your cell door to see what's going on. It's not a sight you wanted to see. And he tries very hard to resist. And he tries very hard to, to fight back, but they overwhelm him. As we continue down the line, Miss Bellinger, what do you fill your five days with? A lot of brooding. Uh, Maggie is very upset at the recent turn of events with the cops. Uh, so I think she would spend a lot of time crying and pacing and brooding and not a lot of talking to anyone and probably not a lot of eating anything either. And also being very worried about her body parts, which have been separated from her and she doesn't know where they are or what any anyone could be doing. Any, they could be selling them. These are obviously valuable artifacts. Anyone could be touching them. And she doesn't like that. And so she would be regularly like trying to focus her efforts on feeling them or like where they are. Very worried, very concerned the whole time. I have very few pleasant experiences for you. I'm sure. The gifts I have for you, much as Alexander said to Darius, are a collection of mustard seeds. Mm. The bitterness that you have here at the end creeps in. It is not within your power to feel the parts anymore. They have been removed from you for so long that the connection that you felt to each one of the different parts is gone. What remains is the racking pain and influence left by their touch. And so while you recover hit point, the pain does not go away. In your shoulder, in your elbow, in your knee, you are, it seems, a collection of weak and strained joints. And so you do spend many hours probably in your cell, either on the bed or on the ground, in tears over the pain. And so, Professor, we come to you. At the start of this, Richard doesn't really know whether we're going to get out of this at all. So he's assuming that bad things are going to happen because bad things have happened and they've happened before. Why wouldn't they happen again? So he's going to do his very best to uh, try and work out a way and... Uh, in answer to your previous question, I think his, his physics would be an excellent jailbreaking uh, skill in this case. So, I mean, he'd do all sorts of things. So he'd sort of look outside if there's a window. Is there a window? There is. It's, again, very, very small. Yeah. But it is available to you. So there must be some things in this room, for example, a bed or maybe some other bits. So the, the bed is essentially an iron frame that is drilled into the wall. Yeah. It has very little in the way of creature comforts with the 
mattress or bedding that they give you. There is a hole in the ground, which is used for the loo. And other than that, that is about it. They pass you water and meals through the door, through a slat in the door. And that doorway is a set of iron bars that has a wood door that closes over it. And so even if the wood door is open, the iron slats can contain you until they choose to open that. Perfect. So I think Richard would probably focus on the window then in that case. And uh, I'm imagining what this kind of building and its walls must be like. So I think that Richard would be able to, using his knowledge of physics, work out a way of trying to free some of these iron bars. It's pretty clear that what would move them would be friction. You have to put enough leverage on them back and forth to get them to move. You're, you're actually a fairly small man. And so if you did have a couple of those bars moved out of the way, you would probably be one of very few people in your party that could that might be able to squeeze through them and get out. So Richard's quite a patient man. And I think one of the things he'd be looking to do is to see whether it would be possible to move the bed, uh, even if it's bolted to the wall, and if it's like some crappy sandstone or something, or if it's been there a while, that might be relatively easy. And he would know that using the leverage of the bed, that would make prying the bars out probably a lot easier. It might be possible for you to move the bed, provided you can get it off its mooring. So that would be a hard strength roll. Yep. Uh, and again, he'd use some some physics here, so he would know that if he was to climb under the bed and you and, and arch his back and use that as a means to sort of propel the bed up, he'd get a hell of a lot of force on there. And if you take the distance from the wall to the the edge, and he would sort of very much sort of push his back up at the edge, maybe put uh, if he's got any clothing, he'd take it off and put it on his backs to 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 mean that he could sort of push up with full force without hurting or breaking anything. Then he, he'd sort of go uh, go go mad at that. Yep, put your back into it, Richard. I will give you an advantage die for your physics. Um, you, unlike many people, are going to know exactly where to put your energy at. Ooh, so that's good. That's 29, twice, two 20s. Oh, that is pretty good. So your strength is... So strength is 40. Um, so if that was a strength roll, I could spend nine of those wonderful points of luck. Mm-hmm, you could do that. I would do that. As I say, Richard, at the minute, I mean, it's sounding pretty bad. Poor old Giles is clearly uh, having a hard time, and we've been in here for, I don't know, a few days. He's, he's quite concerned. Yeah, you spend the luck, and you put your back into it, and the bed slowly wrenches off the mooring. You can feel it give way. You don't make too terrible of a noise in doing so. There is some, but uh, you, you, you plan it at at the right hour and everything seems to go as to plan. And so this is, we'll say, day three. You, you'd have had to take a couple of days to rest to recover some of those hit points lost during the fight. But yeah, you have the bed loose. You could now move the bed if you wanted to, to get closer to the bars. Yeah, so if there's any chance you could get like a bed leg. So presumably you've got the, the long piece of the bed frame and then you've got a, a relatively short leg. So he would put the short leg in the in the bar and then use the rest of the bed, the, this huge long lever to magnify his not immense strength to make short work of popping a bar out. Yeah, I could see that. 
you can probably begin to work them loose. It, this is another thing that's going to take probably a, a little time on your end. And you also know that they check on you a couple of times a day. And so you have to begin to form a pattern in your mind about when they arrive. So you can have the bed back in position so you don't look like you're trying to break out of jail. I'm assuming with his intelligence, he might be able to do a, a really good job of that quite quickly. Yeah, go ahead and make me an intelligence roll. Can I pull a sharp-witted talent, which I've never used before, which gives me a bonus die on int rolls except for ideas? Yeah, take it. Hey. <laughs> Ooh, 21 and 51, but we'll go with the 20, obviously. <laughs> I would imagine you go with the 20. Um, all right, you time things up. This whole time, these, these couple of days you begin working, this is something that you begin to hear on one side of your cell wall. Lady Elizabeth, you start hearing sounds. You don't know what they're coming from, and you don't know who's in the cell next to you, but someone is making noise there at very specific times. And the one sound that gets you sort of interested is this grinding sound back and forth on the stone. Someone's up to something. Well, that rather suggests it's one of our party. We tend to be the most getting up to something group of people. So... Professor, I'll say that over the next couple of days, you get things into a position with not only one of these bars, but two of them. They're the middle ones. And you figure that if you have another day or so, you should be able to pull those bars out and make an escape. You don't really know much about the city that you're in, but that's sort of secondary. You have to be able to get out of here. Absolutely. On day five, there is... A knock on your cell door for a moment. Just at the briefest of rap, Miss Bellinger. I look up to see who it is. The uh, wood door opens. And as it opens, uh, you see a military officer in front of you wearing the same sort of Turkish uniform that you have seen them wear before. And next to him, oddly, is Paul. And he has like a little leather valise case with him, which you've seen him carry before. He looks not necessarily in the best of you know, physical health himself. He did have to fight the Compton, had to deal with part of that fight at the end there. But he is standing as tall as he possibly can. And you hear the officer say, five minutes. And he very casually unlocks the cell door and Paul steps inside. And they shut the door, and then they shut they shut the, the the actual barred gate, and then they shut the wood door. But they shut it very 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 firmly. And Paul looks around, slightly uncomfortable. You must have pulled quite some large strings for this, Paul. I lied. Oh, did you tell them it was a conjugal visit? Yes. He winks. Oh my! Well. What what is it, Paul? Have you do you have a, a this some sort of plan or it means of getting us out? I have news. That is all. I was able to speak with one of the guards when I came in, and I asked him if he would impart a message to someone that we had been um, taken, that we could get some sort of um, solicitor or, or, or some sort of uh, counsel for what they're calling arson. Many in the group here might be charged with arson. I'm sad to say that 
15 people died in that terrible train ride. And many of them are family to influential and powerful people. I have done what I can to send for aid for our party, but I am concerned it may not arrive in time. Uh, We're going to begin seeing members of our group brought to some sort of judge. It's clear that whatever Simon was attempting did not go over well. They had me treat him. They brought him in unconscious. They had beaten him very badly. And you treat him? Well, that that seems like like punishment for you as well. Look at your friend here. See what we've done for him. Now you take care of him. Indeed, but um, I managed to very deftly, given that Simon is a rather large individual, I managed to secrete something on his person. And I think it will prove useful when he wakes. It may prove useful to us if there is to be, um, well, any fairness in the judgment here. We've ridden this world of a rotten person, and I realize that might not be comforting to you, given what I believe is your connection with him, but he truly did not have your best interests in mind. Paul, I don't think I have a connection to anything anymore. And I doubt that they will believe us that we that this is all the fault of a some old, dead, long-gone ghoul or ghost or something. They won't. Furthermore, what's worse is that as the further and further we get towards Constantinople, what it seems to be clear is that these cultists, these people, Brotherhood of the Skinless One, whomever they are, they seem to be much more, well, much easier to move. I have seen um, a few of these guards, and uh, out through the windows I've seen a few people lurking, waiting to find some clear moment when they could get in and deal with one of us, I think. They're here for, here now, waiting for us? Well, makes sense, don't you think? That means that it must still be here somewhere, perhaps locked up somewhere in jail. Yeah, Paul, do you have any idea? You've, you've been, I've barely been out of my cell, but do you have any idea where they're keeping it? Not just yet. Um, I have been allowed to, because of my doctoral teachings, I have been allowed to um, leave the cell to make um, visits to some of their people and some of the people who needed medical attention. The jails here only have so many hands, so I had to give them a hand. Oh, I I understand, Paul. I, un- I understand entirely. I can't imagine helping them out. It's with, with what they've done to us and to... To poor Simon, you've really taken one for the team. Well, we are a team. Yes. I have to unfortunately report that Mr. Fraser is not well. I haven't heard him at all. Is he Is he awake? Is he alive? Alive, yes. Awake, no. He fell into a deep sleep after his wounds. And, I, well, I think I've kept him clear of any sort of infections. I must tell you, this place does not bode us uh, well when it comes to potential diseases. Jails are rife with them. Disgusting places. Have have you talked to any of the, the others? Will we be coordinating, coordinating an, an escape or a plan of some sort, Paul? I'm certain we will, but I prioritized seeing you first. I was most concerned about your condition. I, I will be absolutely fine, Paul. Maggie does not look fine, though. She is like, holding all of her limbs, wincing constantly. She was barely able to get up when he came in. Paul tilts his head and his brow furrows. And he says, Miss Bellinger, 
To whom do you think you are lying? To no one. I, it doesn't matter what pain I'm in right now, Paul. I will, I, I will overcome it. I will push through for the good of the group, for, for the cause. I am certain that you will, but you do yourself no good by lying to me about how you feel. Oh, but if you do happen to have anything on you, I would take it right now. Uh, I have a few things in the bag that I could be allowed to administer you. I must be careful, though. Why? He turns around and looks at the door. Oh. Should we make some noise so it sounds like we're doing something else in here? I don't know if... I don't know if that's proper. I don't know if I can accept that. But make whatever noises you will. Let me get you something. He reaches into his bag. He produces a few pills, which is a little strange because they look a a little different than the ones you've seen before. Now, this is not going to pep you up. It's not going to slow you down. That's not its purpose. What is its purpose then, Paul? Its purpose is to rid your body of any toxins. Oh, in what way? It'll simply enhance the movements, the strength of your bowels. Paul, we're in a we're in a cell and I've barely eaten anything. Why would I take these? He looks at you because your doctor is ordering it. He winks at you. <sighs> Paul, fine. Take one now and take one tomorrow. Okay. He like leans over to whisper in your ear and says, it will help with the hunger. Okay, Paul. Save your strength. We'll have use for you later. He pats you on the shoulder. Paul's been pulling the strings this whole time. Yep. Somebody out there will think of this and they'll hear this and they'll say, that Paul, he's real evil. It's been it's been just going for, for months and months and months. Paul's been pulling the strings. There's a knock on the door and you hear a very curt, like very short reply. And Paul turns to the door and says, yes, we're finished. He knocks on the door. The guard opens the door just a little bit at first. And then when he sees that everybody's still dressed, he opens the door and yanks Paul out of the cell. He waves. Uh, At the end of day five, there is a knock at your cell door, Lady Elizabeth, and then it is opened. Take it the knocking is not normal? No, it's not. Upon opening the thick, wooden door you see a military officer and then you also see a man you've never seen before but uh, he's a gentleman in a fairly tailored black suit and has a briefcase with him Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy yes Uh, my name is Michael Marat I am your solicitor oh marvelous if you'll come with me please very well the guard opens the door a long, slow creak, and then the military officer leads the two of you through the jail, which is sort of a a little bit of a creepy walk because you know behind all of these doors likely some of your companions are at, but you don't really know. You can hear some sounds in some of the cells. It's very dark down here as well. Single amber overhead bulbs, probably every 20 feet or so, so there's not a ton of light down here. You get led into a somewhat, I stress that word, somewhat cleaner room where there is a basic tile floor, a wood desk, and two chairs. This gentleman sets his his case down on the table and then um, gestures to a chair. 
take a seat. I understand there was a disturbance on the train. Bit of an understatement, from what I hear. Well, let me be very direct and frank with you if I can. I understand that you are likely going to be receiving a visitor at some point from His Majesty's professional office. An ambassador at some point will come and attempt to extricate you from this cell. That said, simply leaving the jail here will not, it will not issue you from the terms of why you've been put here. Well, I do wish someone would explain that to me. It's been rather quiet for the past five days. No one seems to be saying anything. There are members of the Orient Express staff who survived whatever terrifying things happened on the train. And they took to very quickly and near immediately describing you and several of your traveling companions being involved in an altercation, which is a little wild even to recount. There is a porter who says that you were fighting a tiger. Well, that's quite ridiculous, isn't it? Perhaps. There's another that says that he watched you and your party barricade themselves in one of the furloins and take to fighting with some elderly man up to and including decapitating him. Oh my. Is that true? Mm, no, I don't remember any elderly man. You don't remember any elderly man? You don't remember cutting anyone's head off? I cut no one's head off, thank you very much. And none in your party? I know better than to answer that question. Are you familiar with the way Turkish courts work? Can't say that I am, having never been here before. They're going to find someone to hold accountable. Beyond the Orient Express, beyond the company coming after whomever did this to one of their trains, several people aboard were killed, including two members of the political system here, representatives, and their families are now seeking justice. If I'm going to represent you in court or even aid in your cause, I'm going to need to know what actually happened. So from your own perspective, what did you see and hear? I was in my compartment reading. You may have noticed I'm not in the best of physical health. There was a great deal of screaming and there was some sort of fire and people were crying out saying something someone was on the train. I found my personal attendant injured. I don't know where he is at the moment. We left that car. There were already fires burning. There were some people dead. I don't know what happened to them. I can tell you that it's my understanding that your personal assistant, a man by passport documentations, is James Robert Fraser, has a very large bite wound on his left shoulder. Large. And so your statement before when you mentioned how silly and unbelievable someone fighting a tiger might be is a little concerning. Was there a tiger on the train? Was someone transporting exotic animals? If so, I was unaware of it. Did you find a tiger when the train came in? I did not inspect the train. That is not my job. Do you understand what's happening here? No one seems to want to say anything. I'll tell you exactly what's happening here. Turkish authorities are trying to finger you for potential involvement in this. You and your party. 
And if they can put finger to any one of you for this, they will rack up as many charges as possible. One member of your party, a Mr. Griffith, a large man, they said, attempted to escape a few days ago. They beat him into unconsciousness. He is lucky to be alive. I am here as your advocate, but I can't advocate for you if you don't tell me what's going on. If you had nothing to do with any of this, then I will report it as such. But if there is a, a sliver of your involvement or any of your involvements, I need to know. Lying in court is detrimental to my career. Can I make a psychology roll on him? Yeah, absolutely. I am genuinely not sure if he's actually acting in my best interest. 38, 28 under 38. That's a success. He seems to be, I don't know, I, th I think, I don't think that anything is 100%. And so I would just say that he is very concerned about what happened. He is very concerned about what involvement you or the investigators may have played in it. He is being truthful when he says that, you know, lying in court has severe consequences for his career. And if he is some sort of solicitor or advocate for you, then if you supply him with lies and he repeats them and they're found out, you're, you're going to get in trouble and he's going to get in trouble too. But as far as if he has your best interests in mind, that's sort of a difficult question because he doesn't yet know what your interests are. So he... He may come off, rightfully so, as a little handcuffed because he, he doesn't know what you want. Obviously, you want out, but he still has to prove that you should leave. And there was someone attacking people on the train. Perhaps the porter mentioned being attacked or someone. There were multiple people around, some aristocratic gentleman. I don't know if you've, they found him on the train after, but he rather made a mess and attacked several of my friends. And I do believe you will note, if you speak to anyone, the situation they were in when they were brought in. They were injured very badly. I have that much in records already. It seems that many of them needed immediate hospitalization. Of course, as suspects, as many people were when they got off the train, they were not afforded the um, best medical care. All right. I have something to, to work with here then. I should ask, beyond your family in England, is there anyone else that I should attempt to contact for you? Other than the embassy, I don't think so. Well, clearly relations between Britain and this new Turkish empire is off to a famous start. They have some crazy plan to rename the city, have you heard? Why would they do that? Well, clearly, um, you have not availed yourself of the thundering hero that is Mustafa Kemal. I have not. Well, they're very, very taken with him. He's someone who pushed back, helped push back the Greeks, and is pushing reforms here in their calling, Turkey. And they have half a mind to rename Constantinople for the sole reason that it reminds them of the places they were. Things do rather get renamed all the time, I suppose. I shall have to do some reading on this uh, gentleman once I have reading materials. Yes, it's my understanding that your things are being kept in police lockup. So far, 
as far as I can tell, unmolested. So if that continues and we can get you past whatever the courts see fit, then perhaps I can have you out of here in a few days. I would like to know if my personal assistant is all right. I haven't seen him and no one's saying anything. It's my understanding that um, he sustained some injuries during the fighting. And um, what I have here, he shuffles through a few of his papers and pulls out a note. Looks like it's written in Arabic. He had some complications with his injuries after the first day or so. It looks like they uh, spoke with a member of your party. His name is Paul. And um, allowed him to see to... Mr. Fraser, during that time, claiming that they was always his personal physician. That is correct. What I know is that he is resting, and I have not spoken with him since. Hopefully, he will be out along with you, and uh, you can all get back to England or wherever it is that you're going. I do hope so. Thank you for letting me know. Certainly. There's a very loud rap on the door, and uh, a couple of officers come in and escort you back to your cell and uh, your advocate, Miss Marat. Uh, Mr. Marat, you don't see him uh, later that night. So he goes one way, you go the other. Um, you do get the sense that it is night. Later that evening, you are visited in your cell by a series of moths and fireflies. They take to the bars and begin to cling to parts of the upper portion of your cell. And it's not just a handful by the end of the night. It's probably two score. And so even in the the darkness that you've been sort of blanketed by for the past few days, you get the small like glow of something natural. And um, it's a little bit comforting. I just whisper mother and enjoy the glow. First natural-ish light I've had in a few days. Indeed. I think that was a is a good enough time on. to any is to end. And so we thank you for joining our um, incarcerated investigators on this leg of their journey in horror on the Orient Express. We have left the train. I do not know if I will manage to get them on another. So thank you and good night.